Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brick, here to break down the penultimate fifth episode of Game of Thrones with, I, I'm just going to call it Survivor, I said Survivor, Survivor expert and also Game of Thrones expert, <laughs> JT Muirhead. JT, what's going on? Hello. I imagine I would last as long on in game in Westeros as I did in Survivor and would and would also die in similar circumstances. Is there a chance you that we could medivac some of these people from King's Landing because I think a medivac there's is a lot needed. of infections. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there needs to be uh, <laughs> the doctor to come out and, and check a few of these because it's there's trouble a brewing in uh, King's Landing as we are here. We, I can can you believe it? We are here at the end of Game of Thrones. We literally have one episode to go that's going to conclude this story that for a lot of us have been watching for eight years or reading for even longer, and it's done. And I just think amazing. This time next week, we'll see Bran awake, and he dreamt it all. It was just a dream, and it's, he's back in Winterfell. Didn't I? Wasn't that Lost? I I don't know. Uh, if they have a Lost type ending, I think I may actually flip the script and just lose my. No. Shit. Well, I think not to jump, not to uh, jump to my 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 final take, but I think unfortunately. The problem with Game of Thrones is there is a good ending. The TV show is just intent on ruining it. Okay. Well, I'll save that point because I will ask you for that alternate ending. And I think that's the hard thing. When we have shows like this, and it happens with... I feel like it happens almost with every show. It's super hard to appease all fans for the endings that they have. But I think that this season has highlighted to me that... What's the hurry? Why are we in such a rush to finish this show? I, I almost feel like we've had two seasons crammed into one, and it's just we're, we've lost what Game of Thrones is. We've lost what makes Game of Thrones so fantastic. And it's why I liked uh, episode two so much, which was the episode leading up to the the Battle of Winterfell, because it was about characters, about developments, about the, the people. I, I feel like this has just been, let's just see carnage, and that's it. Exactly. I agree totally. I think it's just I think it's just a matter of I think oh, the showrunners have their own um their own reasons for ending the show and I understand why they don't want it to go on for another five seasons, but you really have to question why there there were two short seasons to finish it. And it doesn't seem like I have no issue with whatever plot choices there are. I, I have no I like I, I do find it strange people get upset about plot the what happens to characters agree but but it's just the way it happens is so stupid now yeah it, it is any in particular that's standing out to you as particularly stupid i think there's a scale right like so watching the um battle of winterfell there you can get over all the stupid stuff that happens like you, you can even you can even sort of invent your own character um reasons like why you'd Ever, you know, it's been pointed out by a million people, but why you would dig the trenches on the wrong side? Well, John has a history of being a complete idiot. Like yeah. that's in in the books, he's not, but in the TV show, he's an actual dum dum. So that's fine. Like you can get over that. You can get over Euron, who's just a walking plot device. Like has no other purpose. There is no character at all. It's just a walking plot device. A plot device. But it's where you get into people making decisions. Like, I think someone on Twitter put it really well where they say, like, foreshadowing is not character development. Like, just because there are clues something might happen, that doesn't make it make sense when it happens. You have to understand the motivation for the character to do what they do. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll get into that, I think, when we talk about Danny in particular and her actions in this episode. It's just, I I did see this talked about on Twitter, and I'm not going to be... I don't want to be totally... I still love the series. That's the issue. I, and sometimes it's the big question, JT. Is it the journey or is it the conclusion? What defines how we, how we see these things and watch these things? I think with space... And hopefully next week concludes this this amazing journey to the best it can with what we've got left, the rubbles of uh, King's Landing and maybe literally Game of Thrones. And I I do want to see how it does feel with time and space, but like living it right now, it's it's hard to to look back at the journey and think, yeah, we've had all this. It was a great journey that we've had, but I don't know. I'm I feel like I am a little bit tainted by where we are right now. Yeah, I am. I think it depends on what you are satisfied by. And if you're satisfied satisfied by twist for twist's sake, then you'll be happy. But to me, all all that it's do, the show's doing. So um so for example, a few seasons ago, I think I saw spoilers for an episode on Reddit, and it was yeah. just like bullet point: this happens, right? And I was like, oh, that sort of ruins the episode for me. But I still want to see how the characters make that decision. Yeah. How do they get into that? Uh, um, what's it going to look like? So. But what the show's doing now is almost just doing that for the books. Yeah. Except I'm not. Except I'm not seeing that there's no more further detail. It's just you might as well have a bullet point that says Danny goes crazy because that's all the development we got in the show. There was no real. There wasn't anything I could take. I couldn't explain to you how she went crazy. It just happened. Yeah. So we're not buying into the theory that I think a lot of people who are advocating that you know this was something that was definitely going to come that danny obviously lost her mind through uh the death of Masande, the loss loss of drawer losing all those people who were close to her you don't buy that plot point no so i so 100 percent, it's it will be um george's like that'll be in george's story for sure mm-hmm. and 100 percent, it's been foreshadowed there are clues when you look back but i think if this we were speaking in a season and a half's time it would make a whole lot of sense, but it is too big a leap. So, like the evidence we see, we have to scour for, and it's it's there are it's not a narrative surprise. It's just we can see it. Obviously, there are clues there, but it's shock for shock's sake almost. It's like they are obscuring now the. It's either because they don't have time to develop character, or they're purposely or consciously obscuring that development so it's more twisty twisty it's like they've gone for shock rather than a genuine payoff yeah no no i totally understand what you're saying as well and i think that i think that is kind of where we've got to in this and even i've seen this talked about on twitter where we had seven episodes last season it really didn't go anywhere personally if they had have put the first three episodes of this season at the back end of last season and that's a 10 episode season and it concludes with the the way it did. And then we had this final season where even if it was short, even if it was six episodes again, but it was about the build up to this, what we've seen um, in this episode. Like that would have, I feel like we might have a better understanding if they had shown Danny's decline. That would have maybe felt better. But to say, oh, okay, everyone's turned against her. And to, the way they made people turn against her in a way which was just so... It was just so out of character for people like Varys to to be so loose in the way that he ended up being at the end. Just a mockery of his own uh, story arc for the whole eight seasons. It just, that's what disappoints me as someone who's viewing this. 
Exactly. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's almost like they've arbitrarily chosen. They've put up a whole lot of post-its up on the wall, and there are three plop. There are three things, and they're like. They're, so one of them might be Danny Burns King's Landing. Yep. And they're like, okay, we can't change that. We've got to do that. We've got to have that exactly. But to get that outcome, we can just change everything else. So so we don't have to be like you didn't. Ha- they didn't have to play it out that way. Danny could. I think loads of people have said this. Danny could have got fired up and gone straight for the red keep, destroyed the red keep and inadvertently set off a whole lot of Greek fire that kills, you know, a quarter of King's Landing. That is still going to have the same effect for the, you can still, that will still, um, the show, I'm assuming the the plot points to follow will still be logical, but it's not such a crazy leap for Danny who's never killed an innocent person. No, and I think that's the big argument. If you saw some things on Twitter again, people posting about the people Danny has killed over the years. I know that's been a big argument about, you know, she has done this before in terms of killing people, but she's never just innocent, killed innocent people. That's never been her take. And I think and that's, a million of them. And a million of them. Agree. And, yeah. and we know that's a million because they literally foreshadowed that in the previous episode where they're talking about there's a million people who live in King's Landing. And that's that's the size of my town adelaide just getting taken out by a dragon and it's just crazy to think that that she would be doing this because she spoke about in the past you know you don't want to be um the queen of the ashes i think that was uh a moment that she had uh talking to elena tyrell so like what what is that now what is she she's the queen of what she's the she's she's the queen of queen of plot devices i think okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think she's the queen of. I think she's the queen of a show that I just think they don't. I honestly don't think the right that the writers care that much. You don't think they like, care that much? Nah, there's surely. A couple of, there's a couple of things that really set me off to, to think that why they don't care. One is the fact that Jamie, when he's had, like, so the frustrating thing about the last episode is if you take out, if you were to edit it so she didn't burn down the whole city, you got rid of Euron's stupid scene. That's like one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. Yeah, incredibly well shot, amazingly uh, well the, shot. All the all the important scenes had the best actors, and then you you know the scenes where where you have Jon Snow and Kit Harrington is not the greatest actor, but he's really good at just looking. He has <laughs> like a, he has a stare. He can he can yeah. be silent in a scene and still exactly. have gravity to his role. So I could uh, the moment where you see Jon Snow realize that you can be honourable, but actually that the world is more complex than that and no one is no one side is good and people are all animals and honor doesn't solve everything like that him having that realization the battle is hugely impactful you see his character develop so if you just edit out all the stupid stuff great show but then when you when i when when i watched it there were there were things there that just made me think these people don't care like the fact that jamie says um uh, to to Tyrion when he's to, when they have that really great scene and he says something about how he doesn't care about the people of King's Landing, and are we and maybe we're meant to think he's bluffing, but we know he killed he ruined his you know own career like he killed the Mad King to save the he people is of the King's he is the Kingslayer that's his whole for that that's point. his whole arc I know and to to have Tyrion not even raise an eyebrow and it's like when I mean this is this is more nitpicky but still. The, when Gendry is announced, uh, you know, is knighted by Danny, I'm sure he says, so someone says, I'm not Gendry Rivers anymore. But he would never be a Rivers. 
He's not from the Riverlands. Like that. Surely there's someone, and I know there there are the the guy that wrote the uh, what episode? The fourth episode is a big. I forget his name. He's a huge Game of Thrones fan. But it just seems like that's just dialing it up. Yeah, I think it could be seen as dialing it in. I, I think that's what I kind of feel about this last uh, two seasons, where it's been so rushed, it's taken away from what Game of Thrones was and what made it an amazing show. I am, in a way, pleased that if, if this is ending, that it's ending now, it's not going to get worse, because I, I worry for that. But I just don't know why they wouldn't hand it off to someone who, who loved the show. There are plenty of people who worked on the show who would be able to continue it off and finish it off, and they would still get their their money um, as executive producers, even though they're not actively there, to do this show justice. I feel like that's the, the thing I'm disappointed at, is that they literally had, three years ago, they decided that they were going to have two final episodes, 13 episodes. They decided that. It wasn't HBO. HBO definitely wanted more Game of Thrones. And then to just do it the way they have with the time they had, it's, I feel like the the only person who's winning here is is George because he's going to write a book at the end of this and he's probably going to see, or if he hasn't already written a book, which I think is a big question as well, and he's going to be the big winner because people are going to want to know what his real ending is. That's right. A game. George is playing the real Game of Thrones, I think. Oh, do you think that as well? Like I, I've seen this theory online where people think, like, George, write the book, write the book. In my mind, he's already written the book and he's kind of just going to wait and see how people react, maybe change some things based on people's perceptions of the TV show as well and then just systematically release. I feel like I feel like he's already written it. I See, I felt like he, he's never going to write it. He's just playing for time. Okay. We just and have much just... time left, surely. Well, that's that's it. I think he's he's not he's not like he's not a bastion of health. He doesn't look like the greatest. No. He's not going to be running, running it, any marathons anytime soon. But in fairness, I saw an interview of him from with him when he'd written like the first one. Yeah, and he looks exactly the same. Okay. So <laughs> that's either a really good sign or a really really bad sign. He's like a he's he's a white walker. He just doesn't die. Um, so. I, I agree. I agree about season seven. Although, like, I still found that pretty enjoyable and still thought that with. Games of Thrones, still that was still very um, Thrones to me, except yeah. for the Littlefinger stuff. And I found out actually that that there was uh, one or two deleted scenes yeah. from that that explain everything. And that to me is like really illustrative of the direction they took, where they. And so what? So what? The way that um, George writes, and the and the way that the even the series went up until season six was that. There are, things might be obvious if you're really looking, but things aren't obvious till the event happens, and then you go back and go, oh, like there were so many clues. Yeah. Whereas what they started doing in season seven is obscuring things or not showing you things so that the twist is a bigger impact. But again, it's just like not an impact to me. It's just the same as reading a bullet point on a Reddit spoiler. Let me ask you this then. Uh, we get to the end of next week's episode, and things have changed it it maybe we're missing points right now because we haven't seen the full picture do you think that's as is there any situation that we end next week and like okay i kind of get why this happened um no i mean i just think it's a bad show now like the it's 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 a, an incredibly shot um beautiful bad show and the, like it's but the plot can't save it now there's just the there's probably been 10 10 scenes where throughout the season, if it was any other show, I would have turned it off. Like the, you can, like I can excuse so many 
uh, plot devices and fan service scenes. But but when the when you have a just that the writing that is that bad, it's just I wouldn't have got through if I hadn't committed already seven seasons. I I honestly don't think I would have watched this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go into our uh, Rolodex and look back. Uh, in chronological order a little bit this episode try and uh uncover some things that we've missed out there as well can i just before sorry before we do this brink sorry to get off script no no but can we, can we talk for a second about liana mormon's death okay yeah okay let's <laughs> the stupidest thing <laughs> i knew it was going to be stupid but that is just like this is that, you get you. cut to talk about it right it, now that's when it honestly jumped the shark for me okay so white walkers unless they're being walked into tend to just like they'll go as fast as they can at the at a living being and try and kill them right yeah they they just rip or, or kick or whatever except for a giant who goes for the slowest crush and one that girl the, the girl is already dead from the first time she gets taken by the giant. and then why does he go for the world's slowest crush <laughs> anyway that's and that, that's anyway that was that Really were, All right, JT, this is the part where we go through the episode in chronological order. I'm going to go back, and again, huge shout out to everyone who's been listening. Next week, I want to do a bit of a group chat, so if you're someone who wants to chat about the end of Game of Thrones and uh, talk about the final picture, hit up, hit me up at Ravi Brink. We'll talk it all through. Uh, we're going to go right back to the start of the episode, try and talk a little bit scene by scene about kind of what's happened, get our takes. We've already talked about a couple, but we'll we'll go through and try and talk a little bit more in depth. Uh We'd start off Danny's depression. She's there. She's very upset that this has happened, uh, that she's lost Masande. She's not eating. She's not sleeping. She's not listening to anyone. What are, what are you taking about how where the show is presenting us, Danny, at this point, that she's in this state of depression and, I don't know, dismay? Well, I mean, you can see who it's two men that write the show. I think that's really clear um i think the show i found it i i, I basically had a pretty good strong light well, had a pretty strong idea of what was going to happen so i wasn't surprised to see this turn i think when we have characters who don't know danny at all say to other characters oh she's really turning oh she's turning mad i think do you really trust her like there's no reason for them to be saying that unless she's going to turn mad eventually so this was her um her no makeup selfie mode well you know that was a i was expecting it i did find it also extremely humorous that her first response to john was just like horniness because that's exactly what happened last time yeah i i think it was uh kind of like it happened last time so the scene where they come together john has arrived uh danny is blaming um the the situation right now on john that it's his fault that uh you know varus is i think is is he's dead at this point because they uh, we'll talk about that in a sec but varus is is going to be uh being burnt because she's she said don't say the secret and he told the secret exactly and what like i actually think danny is probably and has a pretty valid point against john here she did ask him pretty explicitly not to say so John seems to follow orders except at all times except for the time where it's extremely important for the plot that he doesn't. So you think it's a bit too convenient? No, I think it's probably within character for John, but I don't know why. It, it just it seems, again, we think Danny's being so crazy about it, but 
it doesn't seem to be an unfair request. Yeah, I think I think that's fair as well. In terms of the whole various scenes, we see moments where um, he's talking to the girl from the kitchen. He's writing his notes. They, she then burns. He's put in taking off his rings. Um, he's he's taken out and he's executed by Drogon. How do you feel this whole scene unfolded and what your takes on it? Uh, it's like everything. So that just doesn't make that much sense for everything we've seen of Ferris. And, but why did, why he even turn against Danny so quick doesn't make much sense. Like, what is the evidence for her tyranny? This is someone that he, she, he has supported both from near and afar. And she doesn't seem to have done really anything that much. But he's willing to then uh, commit treason. And then when he makes a decision, he does it in the most bold sort of simply uncalculated way of just asking John on the beach of, on the beach so sort of loyal idiot and so I mean again she's stupid and then the only cool thing I thought about this was that he had convinced that little girl to try and poison Danny did you well that's, that what I, well? well that's what I'm thinking is that the case is is that something 100%. that is that still something that's going to play out maybe even the next episode I yeah because otherwise I was thinking it must have a reason to play out because otherwise wouldn't they want us to think that Danny is just crazy and um, uh, executing people with no reason? Yes. But there we have a fairly good reason, which again, why it doesn't really add up to Danny being a madwoman because all of her executions so far have been extremely valid. Yeah, I think so as well. What do you make of Tyrion uh, going to Varys and saying it was me? Yeah, I, like, I mean, all Peter Dinklage scenes are good. I think, like the like it's visually stunning. The good actors in Game of Thrones can carry a lot of the weakness in dialogue and plot. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was good, and the, and I really liked the little touch to the arm to acknowledge just how much how long those characters have been around. So I want to ask you a little bit about the I think the next big scene where we kind of see Danny and Tyrion having a moment where Danny is saying, "Look, you're on your last warning. If you do anything again, you're out of here." <laughs> and he takes that as, "All right, so I'm just going to go have a chat to Jamie, who we find out has been captured um, on his way back to King's Landing." And he decides, "You know what? My last warning. I I want to save." Uh, everyone in, in King's Landing and the best way I can do that is by releasing Jamie to I don't know, to do something, to be heroic, uh, to to get to Cersei and ring the bells. So what what did you make of this final scene, I guess, that we had between um, Tyrion and Jamie? So this was a great scene. Like, I really enjoyed the scene and very well acted. But again, just so stupid and so circumstances so stupid like one why was jamie captured couldn't you have just said if he was captured by any of the northmen they've all just they knew he was fighting for them couldn't you have just said oh i came down to join the attack on king's landing etc yeah. like did they they are not all privy to the fact that he told brian that he's staying with her like I'm, i don't think gossip extends that quickly so one that was stupid two it was extremely stupid that they would just let Tyrion like get, clear out all the guards. I mean, again, fine. Then He's the, the second high end, highest ranking uh, person <laughs> there. Did, did you not see that? But, also, but it's not so much that. It's that once a guard is relieved, does a guard never go back to their post? Like surely Tyrion would have been caught for doing this before the battle commenced. 
That's no. the part I didn't understand. No, they're going, what are they? Uh, I don't even know who they were. Were they Dufraki? I don't even know. what. Yeah, unsullied. Unsullied at the time. Okay, we'll get to Dufraki soon. Um, yeah, the Unsullied are just there, and I don't know. They don't, they're Unsullied, so they're not going to be partying enough, I imagine. So who knows what they're doing? They're just sitting there waiting. But yeah, it was it was strange, that whole moment. I think we talked about it a bit before, um, the way it ended. Uh, if this is the final scene between Jamie and what is the final scene between Jamie and Tyrion? I I have loved their moments through the show. I think their relationship is one of the ones that I've loved the most in the eight seasons that we've seen. A hundred percent. And so, as fan service, like I liked it, but then I couldn't help but think this whole season is plagued by the fact that it's not long enough. Yeah. And yet we're giving another scene to something that could have happened. They could have had that exact conversation. Sorry, minus the safe Cersei stuff. Yeah. But they could have had the conversation, the, the important conversation about them being brothers and how grateful Tyrion was. They could have had that at Winterfell. Yeah. But like, there's no, they, they've already, we've had like the fourth, four goodbyes from these people already. And it was just a stupid scene. And it must just be, I mean, I'm assuming it just sets up Danny to kill or to want to kill Tyrion, right? Like, and that's the only real reason for it. Well, how does she not? Like, I feel coming into this episode for the finale, I feel if Tyrion isn't being targeted by Danny, that would be a, a complete hole in the story arc that we've seen. It's a hole big enough for you on to sail through, I think. But <laughs> it, it's, not only that, she should kill him. Yeah. She should kill him because he, he defied her and she should have killed Varys, Varys because he tri- he turned on her over nothing. Yeah. Like these pe- she is not doing anything wrong outside of the, you know, circa million deaths. We also see uh cuts to the next morning, we see Arya and the Hounds making their way into King's Landing. Um I guess we can extend that and talk a little bit about what happened later in the episode as well with them. Uh what what was your take on uh the two of them making their way back into King's Landing? And I guess leading up to the moment where the Hound says, Look, you can keep coming with me and die or go and, and try and save yourself. Well, the one thing I thought firstly was it's so stupid that Jamie did split Jamie up. Like, why not just have one, why not have them all go to the palace together? The only reason for Jamie to not be part of that group is so that you can have him then miraculously sneak through and then have this stupid fight with Euron. But in fact, there would have been more tension if he hadn't had that fight because he, we, we knew he was mortally injured from that fight, so he was going to die either way. If he'd just gone with the hound and Arya, then there w- would have been tension that maybe Cersei and him were going to survive. So I was already thinking that was stupid. But of all the – of all the, um, this is one part of the, sh- of the episode that I actually really liked. I liked that it was the, as cute and convenient as it is, I liked that it was um, Arya and the Hound that got to the palace together. Yeah, I also really loved that it was the two of them that went uh, together in um... – we do see that Arya does go off. We'll talk about that in a in a moment. But let's let's stay on the hound. Um, he keeps moving forward, and something we talked about on the Survivor podcast we did right at the end. It was a bit of Game of Thrones predictions leading into this final season, and we talked about the Clegane Bowl. Did it live up to your expectations about what you'd hoped? No, no? okay, it was just empty because there was no point to it. I always thought Clegane Bowl 
wouldn't be the end in itself. It would be the hound would have to fight the mountain to move the plot forward. But but again, having like a 15-minute fight scene on these stairs as everything else crumbles, it's just it's to the point of um, ludicrous, you know, being ludicrous. It's it just ruins something that could have been great by making it like it's again, it's like a 12 year old wrote it, the script that was go that had, and they one of the sticky said called Game Ball, and they were just like, okay, put Cold Game Ball here, okay, fine, we've nailed it, like script done. Do you feel as if this is really interesting? Do you feel as if the script, as the show has got bigger and bigger and bigger, that it's giving more fan service and that it's looking to appease maybe the the more casual fans who aren't the super duper fans of the show as it as it has got to this end point? A hundred percent. Like, there's no. I think they can just cover up a lot of the bad writing and the the plot holes just by having fan service, like all the callbacks. The lines that are, you know, callback from lines that were said four or five seasons ago, like the once is quite once is cool, but there's now like probably five or six an episode, and it's like we get it. So yeah, I think it's just a lot is just to appeal to the casual audience. All right, let's talk about the battle itself a little bit because I think that leads in. Um, we have the the start of the battle. Lucky it was a little bit overcast. Uh, weather gods definitely in <laughs> Daddy's favor there. Um, she comes swooping down um, and then back up and taking out uh, Euron's fleet and then destroys. Are we calling them spiders? Is that what they're being called? The the, I don't know, stationary... Scorpions. Scorpions, sorry. Scorpions to take out um, that were on the on the edge of the castle. It seems if you were able to do this with one dragon, you literally had two dragons so not long cheap, ago but... and three dragons even before. Why don't you just come before they were even prepared for dragons and just do this a long time ago? I, I just don't get the... What was the uh, what was the waste? It was a waste of like a, a whole season. You could have just done this ages ago. It's because they keep making Danny and her army so overpowered and then trying to remove things to make it more balanced and then making them overpowered again. It just is so dumb. Like the, the whole thing, when Euron just popped out from behind that rock, that was like the second Liana Mormon moment to me when he ambushed them the first time. Like it's just so – like I, I don't mind plot devices or, you know, I, like the time travel stuff doesn't bother me at all. There's lots that like I just don't care about, and to be honest, crossing uh, naval battles in general in Game of Thrones don't make a lot of sense because whole navies are just sunk very conveniently all the time. But yet people cross with no—they never mention the, the fear of being sunk as they plan voyages. Yeah. So if Euron could sink, so Euron sunk her whole navy using those scorpions. Why wouldn't he just sail and get the rest of them? Then they can't cross then they have to wait years till they can build enough boats to cross back. And there's not a big forest on Storm's Landing. Right. So like the whole thing is stupid, but it is just so, so stupid. This episode that you can't, the fact that he was like one from what, like one from one shot straight away. And then they were all firing together in the ambush and just nailing the dragon. And this time she just flew straight at them and they were like <laughs> just panic stations so dumb it, it didn't it, it was funny that they seemed to be able to shoot the dragon really effectively uh Rhaegar last week and then this week they they had no chance um when there seemed to be a lot more scorpions available 
they just seem to not understand she could just fly from the back and just burn them all um so, so again though such lazy writing like yeah. so in the ambush episode easy all you could have done is have them hide the scorpions first danny scouts ahead and then goes back to her navy and goes like eurons they're trying to ambush us i want to attack them and they could her advisors could say no no let's hold back and it's that builds to the whole character thing yeah she chooses to attack them they reveal the scorpions they get one lucky shot in the eye, which is in the books how they how the Dornish kill one. Yeah. So, and just one lucky shot in the eye, every other shot misses, and then that that fuels Danny because she blames herself, she's angry at herself, etc. But they just have to do it in a stupid two dimensional way. Well, I think that was the thing with um, Rego last week it was that he was shot by multiple uh, scorpions, like multiple. It wasn't just one; it was multiple so i think that um, it was like 100 percent. they didn't miss yeah yeah <laughs> it was it was mj in the in the in the finals in the 90s just doesn't miss and it's just the fact that but they also shot at the same time yeah i know like so there was like anyway i just but that to me like i can get over that that's fine it's like well it's just like fine the writers wrote themselves into a corner having two dragons they had to get rid of they knew one was so basically what they would have known is that a dragon is they wanted the dragon to destroy the whole city yeah she had th- three of these things so they're like get rid of one by the woods in a stupid mission over the wall fine and then that enables the night king to get out through the wall and speeds that all up fine yeah still got two there's nothing that on earth that can touch her if she's got two so get rid of one but you don't need to like make it so black and white by contrasting incredibly effective scorpions with incredibly ineffective scorpions ineffective i should say yeah yes i don't know i agree uh you've you, we touched on it a, a lot um uh, but do you want to talk about euron versus jamie because i feel like that's your league's favorite moment of the episode i just can't i was just like racking my brains for while well, i was trying to process what what could it be for as a part of the as a part of the um prophecy because euron's a younger brother is he gonna beat jamie then kill Susie? is there i just you know is there there must be a reason for this because no one i don't know are there like casual fans that love euron is there a spin-off coming i don't think there's a spin-off coming i don't see that happening uh he's dead now as well so um unless we're seeing the early years which i don't think we're gonna say (laughs) you're <laughs> on the early years could be pretty good though this <laughs> is like more like a hot just like a high school jock on the iron islands oh yeah i was just yeah that would be that would be no i don't want to say that um so we have this scene obviously he does fatally wound jamie at this point um jamie does kill him um we'll talk about jamie in a sec i guess as it leads up but we are we do have yeah sorry go so do you think the writers, while they've been writing this season, obviously they obviously weren't testing it. Again, it's like just it strikes with like just classic two dudes that like don't seek anyone else's opinion, just so sure they're nailing it. And do you think they're writing this being like, Oh man, people people aren't gonna get enough of Euron this season. We've gotta give him the ending he deserves. Euron didn't need that ending. Like, if he had have just died on the no, on the boat, that would have been fine. I would have been okay, done. Euron's a plot device. He doesn't have a character. Like, they haven't tried to make him anything other than a plot device. He just moves the plot f- further ahead. But, like, ex- another five minutes is just, like, a good, it was a really 
contrasting to like the hound, his story, you know, like he's not necessarily that important to the story. The he doesn't move the plot along, right? Yeah. But he was you. They were able to develop areas. Man, I struggle with her name. I always want to call it Ari, like um, Hot Pie does. She. Uh, they, they, Everyone struggles with managed... her name, depending on who you listen to. Even when you're watching the show, it's it's different. Aya, Aria. There's I'm some say, some I'm use say Aria. some use the R, some don't use the R. Yeah, well, I'll just do my best. But um, what was that? Yeah, so they used the Hound to develop her character in this episode. So now we see her as not this like almost mythical assassin, but a young person who is still vulnerable and doesn't want to choose that path and is a normal person. And we got that was that they used the hound to develop her character. Yeah. You run didn't add anything to Jamie's character. Like it just didn't, it's just dumb. No, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I didn't love the scene and I think it was a waste. Even if Jamie had have been injured, but not maybe fatally injured at that point, I think I would have preferred that. Um, if he just kill your own and then move on and that didn't happen. So I, I didn't really love, um, yeah, that whole scene at all. I think it's probably my least favorite scene as well. I do want to talk to you about, um, harking back, coming back. Uh, we talked about, uh, Drogon taking out the fleet. He then progresses on with Danny to take out the golden company in one, <laughs> one big swoop, uh, blowing out the walls behind them. Um, and then taking them out, uh, Harry Strickland, Literally, two scenes. What a character! What a memorable. I uh, I don't I don't think so. Gosh. Um, do you think that they were just they knew it was going to be a big deal for people that read the books if the Golden Company wasn't in it at all? I I just don't get the point at this point. Again, That's is that just really fan service at this point? Like, there's no point of any of that storyline that we saw in what was it, episode two. And episode one, end of episode one, and, and then this episode, it was just, what was the and point of scene, it all? And whole scenes about the elephants. Like, it's like, I get yeah, and I get it that it might be fan service, but to what fans? Because the fans that read the books or like the show enough that they know who the Golden Company is are also the sort of fans that probably think the show is stupid now and would rather save those scenes on actual character development or important characters rather than just... It honestly feels like the season is, at the same time, way too short, but that they've put a whole lot of filler in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, I agree. I agree. It is It is short, but I do feel like there's filler, and I feel like they haven't extended on parts that they needed to extend on. Um, we see that moment, Harris Rickland's killed. Uh, the Jafraki, where the hell did they come from? I thought they were all dead. This also, like, so this is probably, of all the, the plot stuff, like, I can just let that go you know like it there seemed to be about 200 people left at winterfell but i can just go okay you know like that's fine the dothraki have their own funeral stuff and they were off somewhere else and it, like that doesn't that that i can let go it's stupid but of the scale of stupidity it's it's at the um the low end now lawrence um, they they come through. Let's let's skip ahead. They they're fighting. They come to a point where uh, they see the I guess the army in King's Landing. Cersei's army in King's Landing. They lay down their swords. 
um, for what we think is going to be a moment where, um, I don't know, there'll be some kind of, of peace, I guess, as a surrender. We see Cersei looking out the, the window um, at the Red Keep. I guess she's to a point where she realizes that maybe this is not going to go so well as well. Um, Kyburn is, is like asking her to, to evacuate. She's she's not going. She said the Red Keep is not going to fall. It never has fallen before. And then we hear these these cries of ring the bell and the the episode was called the bells uh in this in this episode as well um what was your take as we were heading through this moment i guess before we saw what happened did you think what did you think at this point i thought i i like these scenes i like the scenes with the soldiers like i think that that's where you can see um george's story come through yeah but the idea that the northerners aren't the good guys the lannisters aren't the bad guys and that that you that it's cool to see John realize that at the same time, and I think that's that's the George and that's the Game of Thrones that I like having not in us realize that, but the characters realize that, and you can see where that's going to lead for John as a character, the decisions he'll he's going to make now because he he's had that realization. Yeah. So um, yeah, so obviously. Um, we hear the bells toll. They are ringing, and and so that's well that's well established already in Game of Thrones. And and that was established in this episode as well yeah. through uh, Tyrion, who was talking about once the um, bells ring, then it's a surrender. We're moving. You know, that's it. Don't attack. Yeah. Don't attack. And as we like, because <laughs> it just made me laugh so much that we've never ever heard of this bell sing before. At all in any of the in any of the battles, right? Like never discussed. Yeah. And then it's discussed about a hundred times this episode. So like you basically know that. Well, I I was fairly sure that something was going to go wrong when the bells were rung. That it wasn't going to work. Yeah. So my prediction when I was watching is I thought, okay, the bells are are ringing. I still feel like she's going to go fly up to the Red Keep and like burn the hell out of Cersei. That was my. Yeah. Exactly. Thoughts. Me too. I didn't foresee what we were about to see. So we see Danny take flight, uh, start what is, I think, the, the most shocking part of this, the descent to madness, I guess, in quotation marks, um, of her character, I think, betraying who she had been and her character arc for seven and a half seasons. Um, and we see the Unsullied pick up their swords or have their swords in their hand and, and straight away, I think it was Grey Worm who threw the first spear um, through the commander's chest and then them start attacking the Lannister army that was in King's Landing. I can't wait for Grey Worm to die. I've always hated Grey Worm. So who's killing, who's I, killing, is it John? So this, this is the question that I got from this, watching this and, and watching this um, with Beck as well, my partner. We were saying like, I feel in the next episode we're seeing a Grey Worm versus John showdown. Yeah, I think you could be right, and I think it's it's um, Ari that's going to kill Danny or really? Tyrion. Might yeah, I think so. I think um, because yeah, I don't think I think it's too obvious that it's John that kills her. Oh no, I agree. I think it's too obvious that John who kills her. I also think it's. I don't know if Arya can kill anyone else. She's already killed the the Night King. Like, how much more can you give her? Yeah, but she's that's she's going to be born of she's going to be the prince that was promised by born of fire and ice. Okay. So she's killed ice, and now she'll kill fire. Okay. 
I like that. I also thought I also thought she might be she might fit the prophecy because salt is like in biblical um, is often a biblical reference to like purity, but also the purity of not quite purity is not the right word, but like the average person. Yeah, and like so, she's born of and in the that prophecy of the Prince's Promise, it's born of salt and ash. So I thought like this is where she's born. This, as the Princess promises, area born in the scenes of King's Landing being burned down, but amongst all the peasants. Yeah. But I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Who's, who's... I guess we'll get into that as we um, we'll do some predictions right at the end. But I think that's a really interesting theory. Um, what do you make, I guess, of John and his clear decision here? We are seeing like if we saw in the wrestling terms the heel turn of Danny to the bad side. John definitely pivoted to, like, I can't, you know, follow this. I can't be a part of what this is. This isn't what we wanted this to be. Yeah, so John's interesting for, like, as a book. Uh, do you read the books, Ryan? I, I started reading the first book, and then I stopped because it was so long. But I will be reading the books, actually, after this season. I've, I have waited, and I will go back and start from the beginning and read the rest of the book. So, so John's a lot more interesting in the books. Like that's why a lot of people there's a lot of big John fans that are book readers that um but you know he's like a he is just like an idiot in the show and they've been really uh, I think conscious to make him pretty stupid and that fits then some of the stupid decisions he's made that then helps some of the plot holes yeah but in this scene I think like this is I, I think he Carrington did it. I think it fit his character really well, the way he reacted. I think he's just works on a uh, an operating system that goes, you do the honorable thing, everyone else does the honorable thing, or they're not honorable people. And then when he couldn't control his own army, I think it basically, I think it was really consistent with his character, the way he reacted. Yeah, I agree. I think it was very consistent. And even in the moment where we're seeing the lady uh, dragged, I guess, to, uh, she was about to be raped, I imagine, and John stepping in and, and you know, freeing this woman from this from this soldier. Um, I think it's incredibly consistent with the person that John has and is in this show. So I feel like in terms of the way that he was presented, I think he was presented how he should have been shown in the show. Exactly, and he doesn't want to fight, right? Like, so that's pretty consistent. He doesn't like f- fighting. No, and you can imagine. I think they did a good job of showing it because um, the way they shot it as well, how her decision is, you know, as well as just being like a genocide or like killing a a whole city's worth of people, is also really a shitty thing to do to John and other soldiers that don't. They that's if for every more life he has to take now, is another life. He shouldn't have to take. Yeah. And especially, I, I will get into that impression at the end, but uh, Danny keeps trying to burn down uh, all of King's Landing. Um, I'll jump over to the scenes of Arya. We see this lady uh, who had a child who we saw earlier in the episode as well, where um, she was trying to get into, uh, I guess, the I think it was the Red Keep at that time as well. Um what role did this lady have, I guess, in, in this? Was it just to pick her up? Is that the is that the sole reason we saw her? Oh, I thought she was going to be a faceless man at first because she was the one at the gates, wasn't she? She was, yeah. Just about got crushed. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, they, ne- they don't really linger on featured extras like that. unless So 
at first I thought it might be a faceless man, but I think it's I think she serves no other role than making it easy for us to see. It's just subverting our um, expectations, so we expect um, Aria to save her and her daughter. Yeah. And like so, I think what the show is trying to show us is that they've set Aria out to be the super woman, yeah, or like the super person with superpowers, basically that can kill the Night King. So each time we see her trying to save these people, but she can't. And I think that's that's why we're we're just trying to show us the same person, so we're a little bit invested, and so we keep thinking they're going to survive. Yeah, I agree. I think they're really setting that up in a really great way, and I think they did set it up really well um, in this episode, as as Danny is continuing to to destroy all of King's Landing. Um, we're seeing this this journey of. Um, Arya trying to escape the carnage. Um, we see multiple times where she's, you know, waking up and then grabbing, grabbing that lady eventually and trying to save her, um, and which doesn't happen. Uh, we see her hiding behind or jumping behind the wall as as fire is um, brimming down. I guess the end scene of this all, which I think was shot amazingly, and this is what makes Game of Thrones just cinematically just an amazing shot. And I, even the stills that I've seen on H. Bo Twitter um, have been amazing. Just seeing that all all play out. The the horse that that came from nowhere, um, her jumping on the horse and riding out. I assume of of King's well, Landing. Do you think she's dead? That's the other prominent really? theory. Have you okay, seen talk. Yeah. No, I have not seen it. Talk about it. So so there's all sorts of stuff with um, literary images around the white horse. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the. There's one specific reference which I can't remember off the top of my head. But if you I haven't rewatched it, but thinking about the scene, it, there's no one. She, like there is literally no one around. Yeah, and the light changes quite dramatically. So yeah, I don't think she's dead, but it's an interesting theory. The light changing can't just be because of the ash in the sky. I think it gets lighter from behind the horse. Okay, but because I do remember thinking it looked quite, um, quite distinct, but I just thought it was just the way they wanted to shoot it, and must be so hard to keep the light and consistent as well going indoors and outdoors but yeah yeah that's a that's a that's a common theory that's an interesting theory and uh, that is something we'll see i guess we'll know within a week now because this show is ending so we'll definitely know um that answer to that uh within within the week i guess it's a good time to to jump into some of those theories that we have for what is gonna uh be coming as well actually before we do that there's one more big thing we need to talk about which i would be remiss not to talk about um the lannister reunion we had jamie and cersei find each other um cersei is in tears uh she realizes that jamie's not probably that well at the moment he has been hurt um they go down back under underneath they're trying to get back to the boat uh the <laughs> king's landing is in in shambles there are there's rubble everywhere they can't get out um where they are is about to uh implode on itself it's about to all fall down the world around them is falling down and all they have is each other in the end oh, i don't know i mean it wasn't the worst scene because they they're both good actors but Again, it was just like, what is the point of Jamie's character for the last two seasons? Like, I thought the Brian thing was stupid and just came out of nowhere and was forced and weird. And then to just like 180 it, it just, Again, I just don't see The timing of it. That's the thing, JT. If this had have been a plot device in, you know, if this, if they had have had um, this, I don't know, at a, at a different point, 
where this is the end of season seven and they had have had that at the end of season seven that battle and then this is you know at the end of season seven or the start of season eight and then he's making his decision to move back and this is this finally happens in episode seven where we've had time and space it would make more sense but to literally be one episode from jumping in the bed with Brienne and then to this moment here it just seemed confusing yeah and was I guess it's just maybe again fan service they want to they want to sort of um, close off the prophecy around the younger brother that kills Cersei with a uh, that has his hands around her neck, or I don't know if it quite works, but I think that's probably what they were going for. Yeah, possibly. I, I did. I did like the the feeling of you know they came into this world together. They were so close through their time. They did die together. I didn't mind that, but I didn't love Cersei's last episode. I just would have loved her to maintain that strength that she had. A hundred percent. And the whole thing about her being pregnant is so weird. Like what's the payoff to it? There was no payoff. Is it just a, like, is it just again, is it meant to say that we're only meant to be able to relate to her when she's pregnant or that she's only going to be uh, empathetic or, you know, that she becomes a normal person when she's pregnant? It's well, just yeah, it was a motivational, so it was a motivational standpoint to say, this is why I shall act in a certain way. That was solely the reason. Because if she but hadn't yeah, been, right. she wouldn't have acted in a certain way, possibly. That's what they're trying to say to us. I guess. But, I mean, and the logic of season eight, Game of Thrones, the people just do whatever they want whenever they want. Yeah. Well, erratically. And what? And do you think we're going to see Bronn again? No. <laughs> so, so what is the purpose of that whole story? Are we going to see Bronn in a... He's not getting a castle. He's not getting um, Highgarden at this point. So dumb. Because if Bronn can just walk around wherever he wants with no... Like, no one... No one <laughs> Like the, it was, it surprises me that the the Northern Army can catch Jamie trying to get into King's Landing, but no one seems to be able to catch Bron. No, I uh, I don't know what we're gonna. I don't think we're. I don't think we'll see anything with Bron. I think it was just purely to get him in the final season. That's it. <laughs> I honestly, uh, that's how I feel. I feel like it was just to have they like Bron the character. I like Bron the character. I feel like so this, do is, I. this is like all right. I'm how it. can we get him? How can we shoehorn him into a storyline? Or we'll just 100%. create this. That's it. And all the someone all the post-it notes were done, and then someone saw one had fallen down behind the TV, and they're like, "Oh shit, we've got this bronze poster." Okay, just put a scene in. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, all right, so we're leading into the final episode, prediction time. When you talk about what we think is actually going to happen, do you have any? Do you have any bold predictions just from the outset? What you think is going to happen in the final episode? Uh, John's going north. I think he's gonna. I think he's disillusioned with Westeros. I think he's going to be doing the free folk. So you think eventually. he's? I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't. If we saw that was the ending for John, um, where he gives renounces all titles and and goes north. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the outcome. But how does he get to that point? I think that's the bigger question. Uh, sure. So okay. So we're going for. The big predictions. Well, I think there is certainly going to be either Tyrion. There is certainly going to be a a, a civil war within Danny's camp. I can't imagine the Onion Knight or John being okay with the fire. No, but I wonder. I wonder whether it's her trying to kill, her trying to execute Tyrion that really turns them. I think Arya is definitely going to be involved. I, I feel like she's going to be the one who kills Danny, but that that could be a bit of a, that's probably a bit of a bold prediction. Sansa is almost certainly 
going to be seen again because much like other characters have um, deemed uh, Danny to be the Mad Queen, we've also, like all of a sudden Sansa's the smartest person in Westeros. So she, I think, will be involved. I don't know. There might be a, might be like the little finger episode where the Starks have a plan that won't be shown to us. Till it happens. The thing is, I just look at what we have to come. I just don't know how they fit it into eighty minutes. That's my fear. Like, how do you how do you put what we have to see in such a in such a final episode? I just don't know how you get to a certain point with certain characters. And that's a good point. I it's just there are so much. What is Bran's role? Like, what is the purpose of Bran at all? If it is it only to have been to reveal Jon's true lineage? Is that it? Basically, and to and to wrap up the. Night King, because how else does, do you ever beat the Night King unless he comes personally one-on-one he's a, on one for he's, someone? He's the magnet for the Night King. That's it. Yeah, Come exactly. to he's, he's the blind Euron. Um, so I think my prediction is that they go back north because there's nothing to stay in King's Landing. So you're either go to either going to go to Storm's Landing. Um, is that what's no Storm's End? That's Storm's what's called, isn't Storm's Storm's End or go to Winterfell. Well, surely they're, they're not going gonna... to. Surely they go to Winterfell. Like that. Just I know. Yeah. I know. Time wise, normally that wouldn't make sense, but it's how quickly they move now. Like that'll just be a scene. And could could Gendry have already got to Storm's End because the Onion Knight could say to Gendry, "You're the Lord of Storm's End now." Well, he would. And... He would be there by now in terms of the time that's passed. But... So could they turn against Danny and say, "If the Onion Knight said to Gendry, look, this is what she's done. We're going to revolt." Well, that's the big question. Obviously. We, we see all of these houses now, they would have heard and have seen what has happened in King's Landing. The North was already teetering against Danny. Is this the final revolt where they all come against her, or or is it the fear of this dragon that is still there? Yeah, so, I, I mean, I certainly don't think we're having another big battle. No, I don't so, think we are either. So my feeling is that they go North, and it's more like a either John kills Danny or Arya kills Danny somehow and it's more or she my hope would she just go back to Westeros where she was happy I'd go back to um Essos what's it called yes uh, what about what about Drogon like does just Drogon does someone try and kill Drogon like is that is that something that might happen so that removes her power yeah I mean I I, I really hope that my fear is that either Drogon's gonna live and there's, I know there's going to be no sequels, but I just have the fear that they're going to leave the door open. Yeah. One could be leaving Drogon alive. Two was if the end of the episode, John's north, and like the final, the final sort of credit closes, and then we see like a blue eye in the snow or something. You know, like. Oh, I feel be... oh, that is definitely happening. Like I, I feel like that's happening. And that, but at least that would sort of fit the lore of the show, like. If 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 the we're to believe that the magic of the first men created the um, White Walkers to um uh, to as a weapon against humans, yeah. there's no reason to think that it's just the Night King would end that magic. And right. when they I, I, so I think John is yeah so I think they go north. Something happens mid episode to resolve the Danny issue, which is I'm almost certain she dies, and then they go to work rebuilding the. They leave Sansa as Queen of the North, agree that it's there won't be a king to rule them all, they'll each have their own kingdom. And they'll have like a an alliance between Sam Tarly and the 
uh, where are they from? Brienne is because if we think the lords remain at the, the houses, yeah, Gendry, Gendry and the Stormlands, uh, the Riverlands with John Aaron, but Sansa effectively controls that because she's um, and then she's got Winterfell, and then Brienne is from a famous family uh, from, and who would be Highgard, and that would be the only question. Maybe Bronn will get Highgard, possibly, and. Yeah, I think your theory that we end with no one on the throne makes sense and that it's just independent areas now, independent houses of their of their areas. I think that makes sense to me. Uh, maybe Sansa having like a stronger power base as the Winterfell is, the North is probably the biggest there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I think the bigger question is how how does how does Danny die? That is that is a big question. Um, True, I would like her to just go home with the Dothraki, but I think that she, yeah, I think it's, I, I, it's got to be one of Don. Well, do you think it's? Do you agree it's got to be John or Arya? It, it has to be one of them. I imagine. Oh, Tyrion, be. Tyrion, I think has is definitely a role. I just think it would be really interesting if we have this moment where we have Danny. She's there. She's finally accomplished what she wanted to accomplish. She's in. She sits on the throne, but what is she residing over? What does she feel? And I guess it's just a sense of emptiness because it's not, it's all well and good to try and strive for that ultimate ambition that you have. But what, what happens when you get there? What happens when you reach it? I think that's the big question. I think that's why I'm disappointed where, where it's ending now, uh, where I just feel like there's, it's impossible to cover what we need to cover in 80 minutes because you can't cover what her storyline alone as queen of queen of Westeros now. How do you how do you actually end that in a in a way that is fulfilling? Like I just don't know how they do that. Yeah, I think it's my look. Here's my biggest prediction: it's going to be a huge disappointment. Okay, well that's I don't think there's a big prediction. I don't think there's a bold prediction. Um, but no. I okay. So I think that that'll be interesting to see where we go. John, I agree. I think John. I don't see John on any throne. I think John renounces whatever he has and, and wanders off somewhere uh, past the wall. And and I, I do like the idea that you mentioned about, um, you know, a, a blue eye. That would be great to see, uh, eventuate and see what they do. Do they rebuild the, well, the, rebuild the wall? Is that something that happens? Yeah, so I always thought that either, that would either be, that's what John goes off to do, either rebuilds the wall. And I mean, that maybe is that, that's Bran, the point of Bran is, he somehow, he, you know, he somehow is involved in that because didn't the old Three R Raven live north of the walls? So I maybe, so. yep. Maybe Bran goes with him, and they go to do that, and then range north. Um, and I'm, and I think unless depending on who dies, I think you know Tyrion could land go back to um, Castle Rock. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense actually. So, uh, I think is there any other predictions we want to talk about, or is that it? No, unless you've got any to lay on me. I don't think so. I'm just so I just want to see how this all unfolds now. I just want to have 80 minutes of Game of Thrones at me so I can see and we can conclude this story because it is one I've loved. But I'm just it's something it's like you're you're with someone you love and they've stopped loving you back and it's like, oh, okay. Um yes, not but so it's great. like you're with someone some seven years and then they become just a totally different person. Yeah. Like the I wish I genuinely wish I hadn't watched this this series until I'd read the books if they ever come out. 
and then gone gone back and watched it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how this all unfolds. JT, um, people find you at the Bad Jelly on Twitter, as we talked about uh, before. I find me at Ryan V Brink. That's it. I think we're gonna end the podcast there. If there's nothing else you want to add, nothing for me, mate. All right. Uh, we're there. Um, and that's it. Until next time, the community has spoken. JT and I have spoken. We'll chat to you very, very soon. See you guys. Bye.